Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with a Friday episode of Let's Ride. That's right, this podcast runs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. I thank you for spending some time with me as we get ready for Week 18. This is new territory for everyone with the NFL expanding to 17 games in the regular season. There's never been a Week 18 before, unless people counted the playoffs as such. So here we are, Week 18, the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff hopes remain alive. I guess you could say maybe on life support, but they do remain alive. There's still a heartbeat Jacksonville Jaguars, can they somehow, some way, find a way? Yeah, I was shocked the other day. If you haven't listened to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, have beaten the Indianapolis Colts at home at something like the last six times. I think he said it's the last time they lost to the Colts at at home was like 2014. I don't know. There's some crazy statistic. You got to check it out. But that gives me a little bit of hope, and maybe that's bad. Uh, but the Steelers still have to take care of business. With all those scenarios floating around, where there's really just that one. It all starts with the Steelers beating the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday in what is expected, I think widely known at this point, is Ben Roethlisberger's final regular season game in a Steelers uniform. Now the question resides, is it going to be his last game ever? Meaning, will they make the playoffs? If he has a playoff game, how will they do? Will he be able to extend his career a few more weeks, one more moment in the sun 
We'll find out. But nonetheless, before I get into anything about today's uh, the random thoughts part of this podcast, before I talk about what the Steelers need to do to win on Sunday in the regular season finale, and obviously Blue Check Beck coming up in the second half of the uh, podcast, I want to make sure you remember BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We have a great breakdown. Uh, KT Smith put it out there of the running game. Make sure you check that out as well as a really, really good Steelers vertex about TJ Watt, which was done by Jeffrey Benedict and Dave Schofield. Some great content on the website as well as the latest breaking news. So make sure you're at behindthesteelcurtain.com early and often throughout the day. It's updated frequently. And also wherever you get your podcast, remember search Steelers or behind the steel curtain, subscribe, follow whatever you have to do. And all you Spotify listeners out there, I know you're out there. Thank you, first and foremost, because I said I'd love to get to 100. Give me 100 ratings on the Spotify platform by the time the game kicks off on Sunday. We're already at 113. Let's keep it going. We're at a five. We're back up to a five-star rating. Anyone that listens on Spotify, doesn't have to be the premium, just a regular Spotify app. Give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And if you're also on Apple Podcasts, which that is where the vast majority of our listens, our downloads come from, then also do the same thing. Five stars. It literally takes two seconds. Don't be lazy. Just get it done. We appreciate it. It helps with exposure. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to some random thoughts. It's what I do every Friday. I've been doing this for several weeks now. I've enjoyed it. I don't know if you do, but I do. Okay, so um, this game on Sunday is huge. Everyone knows that. It keeps the Steelers' playoff hopes alive uh, while we hope and pray that somehow the Colts lose to the Jaguars. In the meantime, though, I was doing an article for the website which ran on Thursday morning, and it was all about how the vast majority of the Steelers' opponents in 2022, even where they're going to be playing, is already known. Uh, and this is not anything like, wow, look at Jeff doing all this research. I mean, literally, it is a system you can figure out Almost every single opponent for the Steelers for the next however many years until they decide they're going to change things, like in 2021 when they added that 17th game. Every single time, so I, I, but there's certain games that you don't know. You can't figure out because it, it's based on how everyone else finishes in their respective divisions. So if you want to check out the article for all the details, please do. But this game on Sunday for both the Ravens and Steelers, is very significant and has nothing to do with 2021 in that season. It has everything to do with 2022. So I'm doing the article and I'm looking at the fact, okay, so the Steelers are going to be, you know, they're looking at who they would play in the same division, so the two divisions that they're not paired up with, and so that's the AFC South. And so I'm like, okay, who would they play in the AFC South if they don't, you know, if they're okay, they win the game and they finish in second place, they would have a road game against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are a good team. They're on the verge of playoffs. They have a really good running game, tough team. What if they lose? What if the Steelers were to somehow lose and finish third? Then they'd have a road game to the Houston Texans next year. Quite the contrast. Let's keep that in mind. Now, the AFC West, they're not paired up with them. They'll play either the Raiders or the Chargers, depending on who wins their game this Sunday night. I believe that's a Sunday night game. Also, you look at the NFC opponents. So last season, with this new 17th game, the NFL said every single AFC team is going to host the NFC team. And then next year, every single NFC team will host the AFC team. This year, the Steelers were paired up with the NFC West. 
Next year, they're paired up with the NFC East. And so, again, you're looking at how you finish. So it would either be a road trip to play the Philadelphia Eagles if they finish in second, or a road trip to play the Washington football team if they finish third. Again, pretty stark difference, especially when you think about the fact that the Steelers have not won in Philadelphia since the 1950s, I believe. I was shocked. I really was. Normally, when I look at these things, it's it's not that big of a deal. You're like, okay, whatever. And I'm not saying I want the Steelers to lose. Trust me. If you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any stretch of the imagination, you know I never want the Steelers to lose. But if there's a silver lining in that cloud, if the Steelers were to somehow lose it, it would be that those trips to Houston and to Washington you would think would be a lot more favorable than trips to Philadelphia and to Indianapolis. Keep that in mind. I'm not saying this also, I haven't checked on this, but I did hear that uh, I want to say it was like four draft spots difference between the two in terms of if they win or if they lose on Sunday. I want the Steelers to win. I'm fine with them going to Indy. They have a good record against the Colts. I'm fine with them going to Philadelphia, even though they haven't played well there in the past. I'm fine with that. I still want the Steelers to win, but I was just really shocked by how things can change, and that's a pretty drastic difference when you look at the competition. The next random thought that came to my mind was that TJ Watt on Thursday was named the Steelers team MVP for the third straight year. It's never been done before. And someone tell me barring injury, how that would change anytime soon. TJ Watt is, he's continues to set the bar higher and higher and higher. I remember when he was a rookie, he made some splash plays. It was pretty good, but then he got better and then he continued to get better. And then when you thought last season that, okay, maybe he's going to kind of level out. He hadn't, didn't practice with the team except for doing individual drills leading up to the week one game in Buffalo. He got that big contract. Would he get complacent? Well, going into week 18, he has 21 and a half sacks. He's probably going to be the defensive player of the year. And now you're looking at TJ Watt and thinking, can he continue to to get better? I, I got to think yes. And the reason being is that he hasn't played in every game this season. Everyone's probably going to talk about, let's say he goes into Baltimore, the most sacked team in the NFL, by the way, and he goes into Baltimore and he breaks the record. He gets, let's say he gets 23 and a half sacks. So it's the official and unofficial sack king of the National Football League all-time history. TJ Watt is that guy. People will say, well, we got 18. He got those 18-week schedule. He got 17 games. No, he didn't. He didn't play in 17 games. So keep that in mind. So when I think about if TJ Watt is able to stay healthier, sometimes staying healthy and being 100% every game is is not a possibility. But if he can stay healthier and play in more games, I guess you can still see a, a possible scenario where he actually continues to improve. And when you think about it in that perspective, that's frightening. That should be frightening for the rest of the division, should be frightening for quarterbacks in the National Football League. Next, Joe Hayden, and Joe Hayden winds up on the reserve COVID list, and it it probably means he's not going to be playing on Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. There's a lot of people that are, you know, well, is this the last time we will see Joe Hayden? Is this the last time we'll see Joe Hayden? I don't know if it's the last time we'll see Joe Hayden. I guess that the thing here is when I think about Joe Hayden's future, when I think about the future for Joe Hayden, my biggest question is how much is it going to cost? If Joe Hayden is willing to take a pay cut, 
if Joe Hayden is saying, look, I think there's something special brewing here in Pittsburgh, even without Ben Roethlisberger on the lineup, I want to stay. If he's willing to take a team-friendly discount, then by all means, I'd love to have Joe Hayden back. At the same time, if Joe Hayden, who's going to be 33 years old, goes into the open market and demands ridiculous money, don't pay him. Don't pay him. Give that money to Akella Witherspoon. Give the younger guy a chance. Look into the draft. Look in free agency. Try to find someone else out there. I want Joe Hayden, but I want Joe Hayden at the right price. And that's really, really important. Next random thought is this news now about the Steelers. I'm not the Steelers, but the NFL and the Super Bowl potentially being moved. And SoFi Stadium, which is where the Chargers and the Rams play their home games in Los Angeles. The new COVID restrictions being placed out in California, which are a lot more strict than most of the country, uh, they're basically saying that there's a chance that they won't be able to be at max capacity. And the National National Football League, and think about it, the Super Bowl is not far away. We're talking about just a little bit over a month away. February 13th is the Super Bowl. The NFL is already looking in contingency plans. I got to believe that if they're going to move this thing, they got to move it soon. Is it down to Dallas? I don't know. Is it in Florida somewhere? It was Tampa Bay last year. I doubt you move it back there. You go to Jacksonville? Do you go to Miami? Do you go to Houston, somewhere else in Texas? Uh, I'm sure Pittsburgh would say, we'll take it, because they've always wanted a Super Bowl. The one thing that is going to be interesting to see is how the NFL plays this out. The NFL wants a stadium filled with fans. They've had stadiums filled with fans the entire year. There's never been a a stadium that I've heard of that is restricted, meaning saying we're not going to be at full capacity. Some of the domes did require certain things, but other than that, everything's been open. And so for the NFL, they've got to say, we're going to move it. Because you know for a fact that they're not going to accept a, a, a giant stadium, a brand new, beautiful stadium like that. The Steelers played there on Sunday Night Football against the Chargers. To, to not be at full capacity. There's too much money on the line, and I think the NFL should call LA's bluff and say, you know what, we're moving it. Either you fold and say we can have a full capacity stadium or we're moving it. And if LA does that, other businesses in the area might say, well, wait a second, what the heck's going on? But that's neither here nor there. I'm not getting to that discussion. The Super Bowl is going to be – keep an eye on this story. It's going to be big. And the last random thought before we get to what the Steelers need to do – Dan Moore. So Dan Moore has not practiced on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. And a lot of people were saying, ah, this is great. Like, Where does this Dan Moore bashing come from? Because when I look at the overall career trajectory of Dan Moore, I feel like that's something we should be celebrating. In other words, I'm looking at Dan Moore as when he was drafted in the fourth round. Everyone said the same thing. He's a developmental tackle. That's what they said. They said, oh, Dan Moore, he, maybe he'll be a good swing tackle someday, a tackle-eligible guy, but he's really just a guy that's got to develop. Did he go out and blow the doors off of people? No. Did he play as well as some of those first-round picks? No. Was he serviceable? Yes. Was he durable up until this week? Yes. Does he deserve a shot to continue to improve as a rookie? Absolutely he does because Dan Moore is a player that I think can continue to get better. Everyone talked about how when he came into training camp this year, he surprised a lot of people. Everyone said, wow, like I didn't think Dan Moore was going to be that type of player. He worked hard 
in between the draft and coming to Pittsburgh. I expect him to work equally as hard this year. There is no reason why, in my opinion, people should say that the Steelers need to go and get a tackle right away to replace Dan Moore. Now, if you want to move Dan Moore to right tackle and you're looking for a solid left tackle, if you get like a first-round left tackle, I get it. But just to throw Dan Moore away and everything that he's done this year, everything that he's done that has been positive, which no one wants to talk about, I just can't do that. I can't just throw it away. Enough with the Dan Moore bashing. I'm looking forward to seeing this guy develop. He's a rookie. He's only going to get better. Keep that in mind when you uh, are looking at team needs this offseason, whenever it comes. All right, real quick, let's go over the offense and defense, what the Steelers need to do to win on Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. And if I'm being completely honest, I feel like there's a blueprint now for the Steelers' success. I, myself, and many of you that listen to my podcast because I communicate with you on Twitter, we've been saying this blueprint all year. Run the ball, protect the ball, stop the run, take the ball away. And that's kind of the where we're heading with this, but let's look back at last week and look at exactly what we talked about when it came to what the Steelers should do on offense and defense when it comes to trying to figure out, okay, offensively, what do they need to do defensively? So we said run the ball, check, 188 yards by Najee Harris, protect the ball, outside of one meaningless interception by Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the first half, check, did it, and then win big. I said win big in big situations, I'm not sure. Maybe that's a an X there. Uh, they didn't convert into touchdowns. There's a lot of Chris Boswell field goals, so maybe they didn't get that done. Defensively, slow down the run. Check. They didn't give up 100 yards rushing. That was fantastic. Um, you can question Kevin Stefanski's use of Nick Chubb. Doesn't matter. The Steelers did the job. Uh, get after Baker. Yes, nine sacks. That's a check. And then take it away. Yes, check. There's two takeaways. Akella Witherspoon and Trey Norwood with, with, with interception. So let's go about this week. Offensively. Run the rock. Continue to show that you can impose your will on the opposition. That's important. Number two, clean it up. That's not just with protecting the football and not turning it over because that's the next key is protect the ball. Cleaning it up is enough with the stupid pre-snap penalties, enough with the drop passes, enough with just really sloppy play at times. Clean it up in big moments. Those tra- those, I talk about third downs, red zone. You clean it up in those areas, you score more touchdowns, it'll make you better. Let, next, let's go to defense, because remember the third key on offense was protect the football. Defense, again, show that the run defense is improving. I really liked what I've seen with Isaiah Loudermilk so far this season. He was a fifth-round pick that no one thought would even be active on game day. He's been contributing. There's some hope for that kid. I really do believe that. Slow down the run. Next, Make them pay. I'm talking about the quarterback. I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley. If they're going to run around, make them pay. This is when you tell TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, any Minka Fitzpatrick, they go outside the tackle box. They want to be a runner. Treat them like a runner. Make them pay. Put them on their back. And lastly, you have to win the turnover ratio. You just have to. The Steelers are not good enough to go into a place like M&T Bank Stadium, even with the backup quarterback, because Lamar Jackson didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, to just turn it over and not get any back. The Steelers need those extra possessions, so they got to win those turnover battles. All right, when we come back after this break, I'm going to have Michael Beck on, blue check back to talk about a lot of things, especially that offensive line for the Steelers on Monday night. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. You know what time it is. It's Friday, which means Michael Beck, our deputy editor, Blue Check Beck, as we call him. He's the lone verified member of the BTSE staff. Sorry, Chris Pugh, did not count any in that. But still, Michael, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, just really kind of uh, enjoying the end of the season, uh, regardless of how it ends in the playoff spot. I, uh, I really enjoyed what uh, went on Monday night, hoping for one more big game from the Steelers this year. I'm going to ask you, I've been asking all Steeler fans this question. Did you get a little emotional on Monday night? Um, I did disclose this information on Know Your Enemy. I will <laughs> admit um, when I was uh, when I was writing my game grades, uh, the last line was basically uh, thank you, Ben Roethlisberger, for being our quarterback the last 18 years. That's when it hit me. Uh, definitely uh, ha- shed a tear, I'd say. Uh, it's uh, I did. I really didn't expect it to hit me that hard, but um, I really haven't known anything else rooting yeah. for someone for so long so yeah no it, it definitely hit home see for me it was the beginning of the game a lot of a lot of people on twitter said it was the post game it was his interview on the field and i don't know about you i was just so annoyed not with ben not with the interview with the camera people i mean they were oh, yeah. all in his face and i'm just like gosh get away from him let him enjoy the moment they get out of it I, I get we all want access and all that stuff but that just really drove me nuts um so let me ask you also about ben since we're talking about him 123 yards, not a good day, threw it 46 <laughs> times. Does that take away from anything in terms of the game itself, the performance? Will you look back and say, oh, gosh, that Monday never was great or great, but, man, I wish Ben could have played better? In a strange way, the 123 yards is almost perfect because that's what he threw in Super Bowl 40. Um, yeah. To me, like, I'm not going to remember – the poor performance at the end of his career. I'm going to remember the moments of him shaking off guys like Terrell Suggs, who's going to be in attendance for whatever reason on Sunday Uh, and like throwing passes down the field and those crazy touchdowns and all the great memories he, uh, he left us with. Um, So that's what I'm going to remember when it comes to big Ben. Um, Those uh, stat line, like this year, the the tough games that probably won't, uh, ring home um but um yeah no i i don't really care what the stat line was uh the the moment and memory of how that game ended is what will probably stick with me from the season and really if there's any other takeaway i, I guess on this year it'd be if tj watt breaks that sack record it'd be between like the moment of ben uh, walking off with his family and uh perhaps if there's a that record of that kind of magnitude to celebrate that, that's really going to be the two things i remember from this year when you go back to the game on Monday night, what, what do you think you'll remember most about that game? I mean, we know the outcome, we know the post-game stuff, but what will you remember most about the actual game? You know what? Uh, when Najee Harris took off for that that long touchdown at the end of the game, uh, I remember being a little bit disappointed that Ben wasn't going to get a knee, figuring uh, Cleveland would just uh, run out the clock uh, thereafter. But Trey Norwood's interception giving Big Ben one more snap, 
that will stick with me. Um, that just felt special. That kind of just felt like the team making one play so Ben could get one more snap at Heinz Field. I, I know it, it might it's insignificant for uh, towards the game itself, but that play is going to be one of the strange ones that sticks with me for a long, long time. Yeah, for me, the the thirty seven yard Najee Harris touchdown run, I, for some weird reason, I don't know why, it felt like it felt like a touchdown pass from Ben. It, it wasn't obviously. I'm not. I'm not blind. But when he scored, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. I guess maybe it's because it sealed the win, and Roethlisberger was able to kind of breathe easy and like, okay, we got it. Like it's over. I won the game. But. What a special night. It was a special moment. Everyone kind of took something different away from it. So I'm glad to hear you uh, were able to enjoy it in your own way up there. And uh, yeah, I think everyone got a little emotional. I know that I listened to the Scobro show this week and uh, big bro, rich, he was at the game and he said there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And I, you probably see grown men crying openly (laughs) in in Western Pennsylvania. You're not used to seeing that. We'll put it that way. Um, But speaking of Trey Norwood, I have a couple of questions for you about some younger players. Um, Let's look at this rookie class. And it was remarkable for a lot of reasons, the number of players that started. uh, But we all know that that wasn't really because they were playing out of their mind. It was more out of necessity. If you were to pick a player from the rookie class that surprised you this season, I know there's still one game, but what player would be the one that surprised you the most? That's honestly, that's a pretty tough question. Um, I would like it, it. it's kind of hard to say Najee Harris because we all kind of expected him to just step in and be a solid running back. Cause that's when you're running back, that's usually your prime is the second you get in the league. So I, I wouldn't say he surprised me at all. Um, Pat Farmuth, I knew he was going to be a stud just watching him in college. His game just like looked like it was going to transition. The two offensive linemen um, really haven't been all that impressive. Although I will say I have had some moments, especially Dan Moore, not allowing a sack there on miles Garrett at the very end, but uh, bringing up Trey Norwood, I feel like uh, being a seventh round draft pick, he has been very impressive uh, and something I really didn't anticipate him going out there and playing as much as he did and making as many plays as he did. Of course, the Steelers didn't have to play a lot of dime defense as year went on because how susceptible they were to allowing the big gain on the ground. So he didn't play as much because of the defensive struggles against the run. But um, when he was in, uh, there's just he made a ton of plays. I, I think this guy could be a staple of the defense for years to come, especially with him being as cheap as he uh, is on his uh, seventh round rookie contract. I remember uh, during the curtain call last year when we were reviewing uh, schools with a lot of prospects, talking about Oklahoma and bringing this guy up, and uh, our guest just being like, "Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a solid player. He'll probably take a few years to develop. He's he's someone that can force turnovers, but don't really expect too much uh, past that." But here this guy is, he's stepping in right away. He, he, he shot up the depth chart in a role I thought, uh, I think a lot of people thought Carl Joseph might just step into right away, as well as some of those free agent signings the Steelers brought in as the year went on. But Trey Norwood, he won that spot right away, and he's looked very solid. So I, I'd say out of any of the rookies to surprise me the most, it's Norwood by, uh, by a big mile. I'm probably going to go with Isaiah Loudermilk. I mean, think about Loudermilk. The Steelers trade a fourth round pick in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft to go into the fifth round. They take this kid no one's heard of from Wisconsin. Unless you're a Badger fan, you didn't know who this guy was. And we're all thinking the same thing. We all said the same thing on all of our shows. Now, he's probably going to make the team because they traded to get him. Probably going to be an active developmental guy. I've been impressed with him. Have you been impressed? What have you seen from Isaiah Loudermilk that has been like, wow, I, d- I didn't expect this to happen? 
yeah, he has gotten better as the year gone as as the year has gone on. Um, he definitely looks like he is improving uh, quite rapidly. Um, of course, his massive frame, uh, that's something that's going to be huge for any defensive lineman, especially uh, uh, a five tech that he's been playing. Like he is just a, a big dude, long arms. If he can figure out the game and it, it's it's coming along for him, especially with, with all these like mentors that are already on the team. I feel like he could be uh, someone that takes over when uh, whenever it's time for Cam to hang him up or step onto it. Uh, wherever this team goes when it comes to his defensive line, of course, there's going to be some transition this offseason. But I think he's definitely a guy that could be a long-term starter for this team. We saw Cam Hayward take a couple years of development before he became a, a pure starter and dominant in this league. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Cam Hayward. He certainly looks like him, uh, and he wore the same number in college. So uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that could rub off on old Isaiah Loudermilk, and he could uh, be a, a fixture of this defense in the future. You couldn't handpick a better mentor for a defensive lineman than Cam Hayward. No. Let's let's go back a year earlier, the 2020 NFL draft. So only six picks that, that year. And we were all excited about that draft class as well. Not all those players are on the team anymore, like Antoine Brooks Jr. This class, so your sophomore season, Mike Tomlin often talks about the jump from year one to year two. As you look back on that class now, what are your thoughts? Like disappointments? Have you, have you been pleased with anyone from that draft class? What are your thoughts of looking back on that group? Yeah, I guess in year two, it, it really is disappointment, really. Uh, Chase Claypool's not putting up those touchdown numbers that he was, and uh, a lot of people are seeing him just fall on his back often, and, and it's become quite frustrating, really. Um, so I, I'd say there's some disappointment there. I think Anthony McFarland, like, even when he's been healthy and not on the COVID list, He's a guy that's a healthy scratcher buried on the depth chart. I, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the change of pace back, especially with Matt Canada. He's not. You kind of look up and down in that draft class. And now, like, is there really anyone that jumps off the paper as a big-time contributor here now for this team? It, it really is kind of a disappointment because of how good that kind of draft class was in their freshman year, their rookie years in the NFL. And now, all of a sudden, I'm not really uh, – really, I don't know, surprised, I guess, uh, or uh, impressed by any of them in year two. Uh, but uh, hopefully they can get it together. Like sophomore slumps are a thing in professional sports. So who knows, maybe with uh, with some new guys around them, that this uh, that 2020 draft class, I guess, uh, could take a, a step forward after a disappointing 2021 season. Does Kevin Dodson and Alex Highsmith save that class in any way, shape or form for you? It's hard to say because we know the the rumors with Dotson uh, originally uh, was that the Steelers were trying to bench him because he came in uh, to camp out of shape, uh, and then he's missed a lot of time this year. And then, as we heard, Matt Canada came out today saying uh, Leglu is stepped in right away, and his energy has just been uh, infectious. And people are playing better because of uh, him being in that left guard spot and not Kevin Dotson. And then Alex Highsmith, like I think a lot of people expected him to be uh, better than he is. Uh, when it comes to uh, getting to the quarterback uh, coming out of college. But uh, the Steelers still are one of the best uh, teams at getting after the quarterback as it is. Uh, I, I think Highsmith is getting better. He, he's on a good trajectory. Um, he, I'd say right now he's the best player of the class. Uh, after uh, their freshman year, I would have said he was probably the third best. Um, so there's definitely been a, a shifting in the hierarchy here. But um, it'll be interesting to see, I would say, more so next year and to really kind of cement that class once they hit year three I think we'll really know what we have with these guys I'd like to see Claypool get some uh, some better looks uh, with balls down the field I'd like to see him compete more for footballs I'd like to see Dotson just 
come in and be a beast right away and earn that job right out of camp. And then, of course, Highsmith, I'd like to see him try to push that 10-sack plateau and not be pushed around as much as he has been in the run game, which has been a thing this year and one of the spots where teams have kind of tried to run the football at. So all in all, I think this class has room to take a step back to where it was in that first year, but year two has definitely been disappointing. You brought up John LeGlue, uh, who's come in and, and actually been a pretty decent contributor for someone that we didn't even expect to contribute this year. I had a lot of people on uh, Twitter uh, and a lot of people in my mailbag on Wednesday ask about the offensive line. And I, I didn't you know, like, I'm not an expert. You played the position in college. You coached it in college. Can, can you try and shed some light in layman's terms? What in the heck was the difference between the Steelers offensive line going into week 17? And then what we saw in week 17, where they were able to put up uh, well over 180 yards rushing with Najee Harris, even though a lot of this came after contact, it just looked different. They were getting pushed. They were firing off the ball. Is this all Chris Morgan, the, the CMO as they call him and for Adrian Clem or like what's going on? Yeah, I'd say because of the timing of the hiring, like it could definitely look like that, but I, I would caution that. Like I have been with a lot of offensive line coaches uh, and they teach different technique and really, it takes you, you at least, it, it could be a full season and you still really don't understand the concepts fully, even though they're pros. So I, I would hesitate to say this is all on Chris Morgan. What I, what I really recognized watching uh, this team, specifically Kendrick Green, I know I've ragged on him a lot, but it, it's kind of been one of those things. He gets driven back into the running backs, into Ben's lap. That that kills a play instantly. Um, with uh, LeGlue and uh, Hassenhauer in the lineup, that's just not something that uh, is happening. It, like There could be stalemates on the line, but that's definitely better than uh, what we've been getting uh, from Kendrick Green, which has been that pushback. And that's, that's a cardinal sin as an offensive lineman. You just can't let that happen. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people just want to jump to conclusions and, and they want to write off Kendrick Green. And, yeah, look, I think there should be a competition, but I'm not also going to just send him out and say after one year in your rookie year where you really didn't play a lot of center in college that he's a bust and he's done. I think he could improve. And, heck, it's like when people, some people say, well, move him to the guard. If he's better suited to guard and they decide to put him at guard, then – my goodness, so let's just leave him there. You know, you can put him at guard. I'm fine if he's really you know, position flexible. The Steelers definitely value that. So, all right, uh, Michael, you ready for some NFL game picks? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so there's no Thursday night game. Everything starts on Saturday this week. And at 4.30, the Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos go head-to-head. Kansas City, uh, they still have something to play for. They're still hoping to maybe grab that number one seed over the Tennessee Titans uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are giving 11 and a half points on the road. Uh, Drew Locke will be a quarterback this this week. What do you think about this game? I, I feel like that's just a little bit too much. Like, I know Denver's has its struggles, especially with Drew Locke, a quarterback. But for whatever reason, on the road, in mile high, I feel like they cover the spread. I think Kansas City wins this game, but I think Denver covers. There's been some talk. We know Andy Reid likes to rest players. And there's been some talk that they're not sure who they're going to play. and. I'm going to take Denver uh, plus 11 and a half at home to at least keep it close. And Drew Locke might be playing for his professional career, not just in Denver, but in general. And he's he's staring perennial backup square in the face if he doesn't go out there and actually put something good on the field. So I'm going to go Denver plus 11 and a half. Let's go with the other Saturday game, excuse me, 815 on Saturday. Little NFC East action, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Dallas is giving four and a half. What do you think here? 
Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be jumping on a lot of these underdog bandwagons this week. Um, I like Philadelphia. Like, obviously, both teams have already clinched a playoff spot. But uh, I think Dallas could still win this game. But uh, plus four and a half for the Eagles that have just been scrappy. And winning games this year, I, I feel like Philadelphia covers a the spread. They might even win the game. But uh, I think at the very least, uh, they keep it close. This is a game Dallas has. Dallas is trying to prove something. Now, I don't know if there's anything at stake in terms of playoff positioning or if they're going to be resting players, because I'm not as in tune to the NFC as I am the AFC, but I'm going to go Dallas giving four and a half on the road. I know it's tough, but uh, I, I think they're going to try to want to win a game and really make, make a statement. We'll put it that way. Oh, Sunday at one o'clock, the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns go ahead. Ed Baker Mayfield, he's been put on the shelf. He's going to have surgery soon on that torn labrum in his left shoulder. Cincinnati, they've locked up the AFC North. I don't think, their playoff positioning can go anywhere. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, that they're resting Joe Burrow, but still Cincinnati and believe it or not, Cincinnati is getting, according to my screen, getting six and a half points on the road in Cleveland. What do you think? I am taking the Bengals in this. I, I've also seen it's going to be Brandon Allen versus Case Keenum. Like I'm going to, I'm going to uh, ride with Keenum in that matchup. I still think Keenum's the best quarterback the Browns have um, regardless of uh, Baker Mayfield's health. But um, no, I, I'm riding with Cincinnati with the extra points. I feel like the only way the Browns are going to cover that is if they actually let Nick Chubb cook. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, Cleveland and Stefanski don't want, don't want to do that. So um, give me the Bengals plus six and a half. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm going to go with Cleveland. Like you said, Ooh. Case Keenum is better. They're at home. Um, I think there's going to be some. We'll see what kind of pride they have. We'll put it that way. Uh, Cincinnati's probably going to rest the majority of their players. If they're smart, they rest the majority of their players. And so Cleveland, we'll see. This is a game where the over-under is 37 and a half. I'm hammering the under on this one. <laughs> we'll put yeah. it that way. Um, let's go to the 1 o'clock game, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Green Bay. They're looking like the cream of the crop in the NFC. Detroit struggling. Detroit's getting three and a half at home. Uh, I'm guessing they're assuming they're going to rest Aaron Rodgers. What do you think about this game? Rodgers said he wanted to play. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm all, I'm someone of the belief if you're going to have a first-round buy anyway, you should probably play your starters at least a little bit because a couple weeks, you do get rusty, especially with Aaron Rodgers closing in on 40 now. Um, you're, I, I think you might want to play him here. And the Packers have just owned it. They've, they've owned the whole division since uh, Rodgers has been there. Well, since Favre really has been there. Um, so I, I'm hammering the Packers in this game minus three and a half. I, I think they cover this uh, with, with some ease, honestly. I'm going to take the Packers three and a half as well because Jordan Love, last time he played, was awful. He's probably going to get some reps. He's going to want to play well. I think they they actually got to make some plays. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Houston's getting ten and a half points at home. Tennessee again, still trying to win. They they got they want to keep that number one seed. Do you the, do the ten? We know the Titans are probably going to win this game, but do they cover that ten and a half? For whatever reason, these Houston Texans have been a scrappy bunch that has either been winning games or being close in games. I'm going to take the Texans on the points. I think they lose, but 10 and a half, I think Houston keeps it tight enough where they cover the spread. Ah, see, this game means something to Tennessee, and they're playing at one, but at, at the same time, you think about Kansas City playing on Saturday, so they would definitely have a feeling for what they're going to need to do. Um, but I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to actually win by more than 10 and a half. It's rare that I go with the double digits, but uh, I think that they actually find a way to win that game. The game that a lot of Steeler fans are going to be really keyed on is at one o'clock, the Indianapolis Colts to go to Jacksonville. I want to say that Dave Schofield, I, I feel like I messed this up at the beginning of this show, uh, said that the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since like 2014. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville's 
15 and a half. They're getting 15 and a half points at home. I mean, we're all praying that they somehow find a way to beat them straight up, but do you take Indianapolis giving 15 and a half? Oh, I I don't think there's any way that I would take the Colts getting that many points in a place they've struggled in historically, like struggling in stadiums is a thing. Uh, I mean, it it happens even with the Patriots going to Miami uh, when they were at their, their strongest strengths of the past uh, 10 years and Miami being one of the worst teams in football, even then the dolphins seem to have the Patriots number in their own building. Uh, So in this sense, I think Jacksonville, like, obviously we want them to win. Um, That's that really determines the rest of the Steelers season, whether or not they win this game. But uh, I think Jacksonville at the very least covers the spread. They make things interesting. If they win, I guess we'll have to wait to see Sunday, but uh, it would be huge if they could. Yeah, I got the Jags uh, plus 15 and a half. I think this is a game where you'll see one of those crazy plays like a, a fumble and the Jags pick it up and return it for a touchdown. And the Steeler fans are like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then the floor falls out. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Chicago, Minnesota, one o'clock. Minnesota is giving five and a half at home. Um, I believe Kirk Cousins will be back in the lineup. I'm not sure. What do you think about this game? This is a, an interesting one. Justin Fields, of course, I believe is uh, not going to play because of uh, ending up on the COVID list. So I am definitely going to lean with the Vikings and not uh, the old red rifle, Andy Dalton. Um, so give me the Vikings minus the extra points. Gosh, Andy Dalton is still in the league. I'll take the Vikings minus five and a half. The Washington football team goes to New York to play the Giants. The Giants are getting six and a half at home. What do you think about this NFC East game? These games suck, by the way. Oh, yeah, this game definitely sucks. I'm not watching this one, that's for certain. But uh, I think the first time all year, I'm going to pick the New York Giants. I don't know if they're going to win this game, but six and a half points uh, in what is going to be like a dud bowl. Give me the Giants with some extra points. Yeah, Saquon Barkley's actually been playing a little bit better the last few weeks. I'm going to take the Giants as well, plus six and a half. Now we go to 425, the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints are still in the mix, and they're giving four and a half on the road. What do you think about this game? How can the Saints continue to win these games with the quarterback play they've been getting with setting records for uh, starting lineup? Uh, they're d- different guys starting on uh, the on either offense or defense. I believe they've had something like 64 different starters this year which is an NFL record. I feel like that comes to a crashing halt. Uh, Atlanta's been playing. They've been punching way above their body weight, uh, despite some mismatches with talent. I think uh, Matty Ice wins one last game for the Atlanta Falcons against a division rival and ends the Saints season. Give me the Falcons plus four and a half, and I think they even win the game. Yeah, the the Saints are a tough nut to crack. I'm going to go with the Falcons at home, though. They're a tough team, and they just seem to find a way. Like you said, they're punching above their weight in in, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I think that they're also a team that has some talent. I'm going to go with the Falcons plus four and a half at home. All of those home dogs. New York Jets, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo's giving 16 and a half. Can New York keep it close enough? 16 and a half seems too much to me. Uh, Buffalo's been struggling uh, in some of these games later in the season. Uh, especially I, I think with the spread, they have not been as good as they have been, especially early on in the year. I like the Jets plus 16 and a half. I don't think there's a hope they win the game, but uh, 16 and a half is just huge. Give me the Jets. I have to feel really good about a matchup to go double digits and take the team giving it. Uh, I felt that way against New England last week when they were playing the Jags and they did. They covered that spread easily. So I like the Jets actually keep it close here. I'll take the Jets plus 16 and a half. Uh, still at 425, the Patriots speak of the devil. And they go down to Miami to play the Dolphins, where they always struggle. Miami's plus six and a half in this game. Michael, do they do they find a way to win this game outright? 
It's a curse. Uh, I feel like they go down there, and once again, like the, the Dolphins have been hot. I know they've been eliminated. They, they had that long win streak. I, I feel like it, it's just one of those things. It's death taxes and the, and the Miami Dolphins upsetting the New England Patriots at home. Uh, so give me the Dolphins plus six and a half. I'm going to go plus six and a half. I don't think they win the game, but I think they definitely keep it close. There's a lot of pride here. And it's a divisional game. That's why the NFL does that. So plus six and a half, I'll take the Dolphins. Uh, staying at 425, the Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay without Antonio Brown. That's a nutcase. Um, <laughs> Panthers are getting seven and a half. I'm not sure what the Tampa Bay Bucks plans are with, you know, resting players. I'm sure they want to keep pace with play, uh, teams like the, the Packers and, and stuff like that. What do you think about this game? I feel like the Bucks just have enough firepower to win this one. Carolina's kind of uh, been up and down. Um, give me Tampa Bay minus the extra points. I am going to go the same way. I, I I just don't believe in anything the Panthers are doing right now. And they started out the year hot, by the way. It's crazy turnaround. Seattle, Arizona. In Arizona, uh, Seattle is getting six and a half here. What do you think about the, the Seahawks? That's your neck of the woods. Do you think they yep. uh, keep it close? I was seeing a stat where, like, these two teams, they play pretty close. Uh, I like Seattle with extra points. Um, I don't know if they're going to win this game, but I definitely think they keep it close enough to cover the spread plus six and a half. So give me Seattle. I'm going to go with Arizona. They have something to prove. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, they had the team was red hot earlier. They've lost several games uh, down the stretch, especially a really bad loss to Detroit. They want to get that taste out of their mouths before the postseason. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals minus six and a half. Uh, San Francisco and, and the LA Rams in Los Angeles, the LA Rams are giving four and a half. What do you think? I think the Rams obviously still have something to play for They're, they're going to want to try to keep pace with the, with the bucks and everyone else to try to keep uh, as many home games as they possibly can in LA, keep it on the West coast. I think they cover the spread. Uh, we don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Niners yet. So give me the Rams uh, minus four and a half. I was very unimpressed with the Rams in Baltimore last week. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers plus four and a half. Uh, they're in a little bit of an upset. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game, the LA Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, a lot on the line here, and, and Steeler fans should be interested in this one, depending on how they finish. They'll play one of these two teams next season in 2022. The Chargers are giving three and a half on the road in Las Vegas. What do you think, Mike? I don't think it's going to be a tie. Um, so <laughs> we'll just get that out of the way right away. But uh, I think the Chargers, uh, they just got a little bit more firepower. Uh, the Raiders, obviously, it's been a weird, very weird year for them, starting hot and now uh, cooling off. And they've, they've been a roller coaster. I'm taking the Chargers minus three and a half. Okay. And the game that everyone cares, I'm going to dig. I'm Chargers as well. I forgot to say that. Uh, let's go to the game everyone cares about Sunday at one o'clock uh, in Baltimore, MT Bank Stadium. Uh, what a dump of a town that is. Uh, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Baltimore. Pittsburgh's getting five and a half on the road. This line started, I think, at three and a half. And has really gone, in my opinion, what I thought would be the wrong way. What do you think, Michael? Ah, uh, yeah. First of all, imagine living in Maryland. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't picture it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a beautiful uh, state. I, it's just a horrible football team. Oh yeah. Um, I would say uh, I think the Steelers. I think they're going to win this game. Honestly, um, I, I've been saying this uh, since the week started. Uh, Baltimore's been like we still don't. I, honestly, I don't think Lamar Jackson plays. Uh, he missed it practice once again. Uh, on Thursday, I, I feel like there's no point that like their scenarios are just pretty ridiculous for uh, Baltimore to even get in. So I think Pittsburgh comes out. I think they win the game. I think TJ Watt gets a sack record. Um, I, I think it could be a tight one, um, but uh, I feel like this this year ends with the Steelers uh, beating the Ravens, but then the Jags just being the Jags and not uh, 
coming up clutch for us when we need it. I think the Steelers win this game, however, 24-17. They win by a full touchdown, so give me the Steelers with extra points. I have the Steelers winning, shocker, uh, <laughs> but I have them winning 24-23, and it, it, with a Wang Harb special, uh, they score a touchdown <laughs> in what you think is going to be a tie. They go for two, they fail, and the Steelers win by one point. Ben gets the win last game. I don't think they get into the playoffs because I don't think the Jaguars beat the Colts, but at least Roethlisberger will get one last win. And that would be four in a row against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. When you think about it, it's pretty crazy to think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, they, they, they would win four in a row against that team, the team that's always been tough with them. So that's what I have. 24, 23 Pittsburgh, a little weighing hard special there at the end. All right, Michael, any final thoughts for our listeners before I let you go? Yeah, well, if uh, if that's how it plays out, this will be the last time we can enjoy number seven on the field for your Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no way that jersey's ever going to be worn again. Uh, it's it's going to be one to just uh, drink in, enjoy it. Um, I'm definitely going to miss uh, that old gunslinger back there. So regardless how it goes, I'm going to enjoy every single pass that man throws and just uh, thank him uh, for a great career here in Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. Hopefully they make the playoffs and we can be talking about an extra game uh, next week, but uh, I guess we'll see how things go. Absolutely. Michael, thank you for your time. I'll talk to you next week. We'll see where the Steelers end up and we'll uh, start breaking things down. Thanks for your time. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Michael Beck for joining me. I appreciate all the time that he does. It's been a great season. I'm not sure if we started this in the preseason or if we started it in the regular season, but ever since uh, I started asking Michael to be on my show every Friday, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. I hope he has too. I hope you have as the listener as well. Let's finish the show on Friday like we always do, and that's with the heart-to-heart. If I can tell you anything uh, about this Sunday's game at M&T Bank Stadium, it is that if this is Ben Roethlisberger's last game, if it is his final game, take it all in. Like, really take it all. And that doesn't mean you have to record the game. It doesn't mean you have to buy a ticket and drive four hours to the game or however long it would take you to get there. But just enjoy it. Enjoy the last time you're going to see number seven suit up in the black and gold because next year it's going to be completely different. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know who it's going to be, not yet anyways. But for the time being, don't think about that. Don't think about the next quarterback. Don't think about potential draft picks. Just enjoy this game and take it at face value. It's his last game. And we know it's his last game. When Terry Bradshaw tore up his elbow, a lot of people assume, but no one really knew until finally he says he's done. Uh, when you think about other players like Heinz Ward and even Troy Polamalu, you might have had hints at it, but it, you didn't know. They still wanted to play. Ben is basically saying that he's done. We get the opportunity to really take all this in. And so don't take that for granted Take it for what it's worth. Enjoy it. The offseason, we will have so much time to talk about draft picks. We'll have so much time to talk about free agency. We'll have so much time to talk about uh, you know, everything from prospects, you name it. Don't worry about that this week, especially this Sunday. Take this for Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the National Football League. That's what's really important here, folks. So take it all in. I know I will. I'm going to look forward to it. It's also going to be sad, but I'm looking forward to seeing Ben hopefully go out with a win against the Baltimore Ravens. That would be very fitting for his last two games to be two wins against the Browns and the Ravens. All right, folks, that does it for me. As we always finish out our podcast here, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, you know what we do. Be safe. 
Be kind and God bless. Have a great weekend. I will see you back here on Monday with some winners and losers. Go Steelers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.